All right, shalom, shalom, blessings. It's Kenny Russell, Bulldozer Faith, living life in the spirit. I hope you are blessed and encouraged today. Looking forward to getting into the scriptures and sharing a little with you today. And uh, just going to give a shout out to those that are tuning in. If you're just tuning in right now, just uh, post in the comments, uh, shalom, so that we know that you are watching. I also encourage you, uh, share this feed on uh, YouTube with others on social media. Also share your Facebook feeds or whatever platform you're watching on. If you're listening on podcast, uh, you can do that. And don't forget, we are on Spotify as well. Uh, so if you want to just have the audio as you're going about your day, just to enjoy some of these uh, encouraging, edifying teachings that we're doing each day, then that's a good way to do it. Um, we're on different uh, podcast platforms that you can get hold of. So uh, welcome. Okay. Hi, B. Good to see you. We've got Yogi as well. Shalom. Um, we've got Bulldozer Faith. Oh, that's me. Okay. <laughs> we've got Karen. Good to see you, Karen. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we've got Russell in the UK. We've got Paula. Uh, we've got Christine. Good to see you. We've got John Gibson. I haven't seen you for a while, John. Welcome. Thanks for joining with us today. All right. So if you're just tuning in, just... Uh, Get ready for what is in store tonight. What we're going to be talking about tonight is run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. And, you know, what's been interesting on the the flow of what we are doing right now in our time of devotion, our priority right now is, you know, we've been going back to the roots of the faith. Now we're going back to the fruits of of the faith. We want to be fruitful. You know, what did Yeshua say? You know, that we will be blessed, that he wants us to bear much fruit, showing ourselves to be his disciples. So we're going to be focusing and concentrating on how do we use uh, the events of life to bring transformation. So, you know, that's that's what we're going to be sharing on because every one of us is born for a purpose. You are born for a purpose. And I pray that uh, as we spend time together, that the Holy Spirit's going to open your eyes and give you ears to hear and a heart that understands. So, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time together. We set this time aside and we ask you, Father, to glorify your name within our lives. We recognize that our lives are a canvas that you paint on. And we don't want the paintings of our achievements, but we want uh, the paintings of your glory and your representation to be painted upon our lives. So when people see us, they see you. That's our desire, that we will shine for you. So we press into you tonight. We thank you for the word, and we thank you, Father, for the importance of persevering and pressing through. And Father, let us um, go through life recognizing that, um, you know, life is not a playground, it's a battleground, and we want to be effective for the King. So we just commit this time to you in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. All right, I'm going to take a sip of water. I hope you've got something to drink uh, and you're ready to uh, just spend some time in the scriptures. <clears throat> Last night we went on a bit longer than I expected. I think it was about an hour, one fifteen. Uh, we try to keep these under an hour so that uh, it's not too long. You know, how many times have I heard preachers say, well, you know, we, we can't minister for any more than 20 minutes because people lose their concentration and they can't listen. They just can't take it any longer. But, you know, if you are hungry to know the truth, if you are hungering, how many emails do I get of people who spend... You know, hours upon hours going through different teachings to learn because they want to see transformation within their lives. They're willing to pay the price to find out what uh, the Holy Spirit has to say to them. And, you know, in these teachings, our goal is to release the life of the Spirit. So it's not necessarily about what you hear me say. You know, the bottom line is, what is the Ruach HaKodesh? What's the Holy Spirit speaking directly to you? And my prayer is that you capture by the Spirit what he's saying. 
so that you can go forward in his name. May these times be an encouragement where we unlock uh, who Yehovah is. So yesterday, what were we talking about? We're talking about um, God uses adversity to display his glory. You know, we've been talking about trouble, uh, walking in dependence on the Holy Spirit, which we need in this process. You know, but isn't it amazing the type of things that come out of the place of trouble? You know, every one of us is born for a purpose. You know, before the foundation of the earth, the Father made mention of your name. He knew that you would be born for such a time as this. And you are born in this season right now. You're alive, not born. You're alive right now in this day because the Father has uh, a job for you to do. You're born for purpose. You're born to fulfill the will of Yehovah. So anyway, I want you to turn in the book of Psalms chapter 9, Psalm 9. And uh, we're just going to read a couple of verses here uh, before we uh, press in. It says in verse 9, Yehovah is my refuge for the oppressed, <coughs> a stronghold in times of trouble. Yehovah is a refuge for the oppressed. If you're oppressed, if you feel not possessed, oppressed, what does the devil want to do? He wants to press and put so much pressure on you. You know, he wants to break you. He wants to destroy you. He wants you to curse God. He wants you to say, "There's God is not real. Look at what I'm going through. If God was real, why would he let this happen to me? Yehovah is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in time of trouble. If you can master how to hide in him, you will see incredible victory of breakthrough. Man, I tell you, it will be incredible. Let's read the next verse. Those who know your name will trust in you, for you, Yehovah, have never forsaken those who seek you. For those who know your name, so it's important that we have the wisdom and the knowledge of the Messiah because there is no other way to the Father except through the Son. So if you're watching or listening right now and you haven't received Yeshua HaMashiach, Yeshua of Nazareth as your Lord and Savior, you are, are not going to understand truly the opening up of the Scripture. You're not going to understand your purpose because Moses says, in uh, Deuteronomy, there is one coming like me and you must shamar, you must listen to him. If you do not, you will be cut off. So what does it mean you'll be cut off? If, if you don't follow and accept the Messiah, you're in disobedience of the Torah. And if you're in disobedience of the Torah, you're not going to have the ear of Yehovah and nothing you do is going to prosper of value. Yes, there's things you can do. You can gain wealth in this world. You can be sitting back thinking everything is all hunky-dory. But I want to ask you a question. Have you really attained the wealth that we are meant to gather on our time on earth? It's the wealth of the Spirit. It's what we do for the kingdom. These are the treasures that we store up in the heavenly places where thief and robbers, they can't come to steal. Rust can't rust. Uh, you know, the, 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 the assets that the Father gives you as you pursue him. So we are called to gain wealth, but our wealth is found in who we are in the Spirit. It's not found in what we have in this earth. And many people misunderstand all of this. They think, oh, poor me. I am so poor because of my circumstances. I'm losing my house. My car's taken away. Uh, I, I've got no work. The COVID-19 is breaking me down. And we look in the natural realm and we, oh, I'm, I'm poor. Uh, I, I'm no good. I'm, I'm useless. How can't I prosper? I never planned. I didn't think this was coming up. I didn't know these things were going to happen. Let me tell you something. If you are planned and you've got everything together in the spirit, everything else in all of the natural realm will work itself out. You don't have to be afraid. Yehovah is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. 
you know, what does that mean? A stronghold. Man, I'm telling you what, he has got a hold of you. He is not going to let you go. You are not going to fail. You are not going to fall. He has cut a hold of you. Those who know your name will trust in you, for you, Yehovah, have never forsaken those who seek you. What did we share yesterday? Seek first the kingdom of Yehovah and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. What things? The very things that, that the pagans and this world worry over and are stressed over. How do we get food? How do we get clothing? How do we get shelter? What does the Father say? You don't need to worry about any of these things. You just look at what I do in creation. How beautiful creation is. I know who you are. If you can just learn to rest in me, if you can just learn to trust in me. You know, when you have trust, it automatically opens the door of rest. If you trust in Yehovah with all of your heart, lean not in your own understanding. And this is the key. Trust in Yehovah with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And one thing we want to do in our time here today is we want to break um, the the foundation of, um, you know, the, the enemy's schemes to, to try and, and get your understanding above the will of Yehovah. Now, we talked yesterday about the shield of faith. The importance of the shield of faith is to do what? what what's the purpose of the shield of faith? It's to come against those fiery darts of the enemy. So what's the enemy trying to do? Is he trying to uh, get hold of something called physical faith and destroy it? Hasatan, the devil, he's not interested in destroying your faith. The fiery darts of the enemy is to get you to distrust God. <coughs> he's trying to get you away from the knowledge of Messiah, of what it truly means to walk in his ways and his purposes, and to doubt God. Because you're always going to have faith in something, you're always going to worship something. If you're not worshiping Yehovah, you're going to be worshiping something because you are created to worship. If you're not trusting in Yehovah, you're going to be trusting in something. And, you know, what you might be trusting in might lead to failure over and over again because there's only one solid rock in which we can stand. And that's the rock of Yeshua. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. Anyway, in Hebrews chapter 12... Um, I just want to read a couple of verses um, here. You know, in, in chapter 11 of Hebrews, I did a series, a short series, or about eight-week series on uh, faith, um, the hall of faith, so that you could uh, capture some good stuff there. You can get that on YouTube if you're interested in that series. It's very good because there's just so so much we see within this chapter. But one of the key things at the very last verses of this chapter that are so important, and it helps us understand the connection of the gospel from Genesis all the way to Revelation. In verse 39 it says, These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Now let me ask you a question. Would you walk through this faith journey if you did not see the fruit of what had been promised? Would you keep walking? Well, we have the patriarchs of the faith. This is what they did. They invested because they understood the gospel and they pressed in for your sake as well as for their sake. These are all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Elohim had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. So what is this to be made perfect? It means to be mature. It means to be complete, not lacking anything. Yes, we go through the hall of faith and we see incredible blessings that they experienced. It's not like they were in the, the wilderness of disorder. They might have stood in the place of disorder, but they stood in the place of disorder and they brought the order of Yehovah. And that's what we do. 
but for the fullness of what had been promised. The fullness to get to the place of perfection. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. James chapter 1. Because you know the testing of your faith uh, develops perseverance. That's our word today. Perseverance must finish its work so that you and I can be mature and what? Complete, lacking no good thing. How do we get to the place of completeness, lacking no good thing? It's when we all together see the promises of Yehovah manifest within our lives. The Messiah is coming back. Now, he's not coming back in two days. You know, if you've got your timetable set on modern day Zionism, I've got news for you. You are, you're connected to the angel of light and you're going to miss the timetable of Yehovah. Modern day Zionism is an angel of light. Why? Because it's clear. I can go to the scriptures to identify what is of Yehovah and what is not of God. So if something's of God, it's making a way for the promises and the purposes of God to be fulfilled. If something is not of God, it is denying the power. It is denying the authority of the word of God. The nation of Israel denies the position of Yeshua the Messiah. This nation is anti-Messiah. It will persecute you for walking with Messiah. You can be a Buddhist, a homosexual, uh, whatever, transvestite. You can be anything you want. Uh, and you can get your citizenship here, but you tell them you're a follower of Yeshua, they're going to come against you with everything. Anyway, the verse I want to read is verse, tw uh, uh, verse 1 of chapter 12 of Hebrews. Verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And I just want us to get a, a clear understanding of what's taken place with this great cloud of witnesses. We have heroes in the faith and it's not that they are sitting up in heaven going, oh, wow, you know, look at... Uh, John, uh, look at Russell, look at Karen, look at what they're doing. Wow, what's going on? That's not what's happening. That's not what it's talking about. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Their testimony is living on. Your testimony. I want my testimony to live beyond my lifespan. You know, our testimonies live on and they are gathered together. It is the cloud of witnesses. And when we go back and we see the testimony of the scripture, you know, it's called the Old Testament, the New Testament, or, the, you know, the Tanakh and the Messianic writings. I don't call it the Hadashah. I call it the Messianic writings because there's nothing in Matthew to Revelation that isn't explaining the Tanakh. You know, so it's the Mercianic writings. Yes, I believe it is scripture. Yes, we hold it as scripture. But what is so important about recognizing that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses? What's so amazing about it? Why would you throw off everything that hinders? Why, why would you take this step? Because we have the testimony before us. We can read the testimonies. We can get hold of the truth of the word and go, wow, look what the Lord has done. Look what he has done. You know, have we seen people in trouble? Have we seen people go through tough times? Have we seen the nation of Israel face trials, tribulation? And has Yehovah delivered them from all of their trials? Even in their greatest failures. The book of Hosea, the divorce of the northern kingdom, in the midst of their greatest failures, their separation, their banishment from the land because of their sin, because of their unfaithfulness, because of their walk. There's consequences to our walk. There is, even in the midst of the, the, the most dire circumstances, we have a Bible that delivers hope. We see a picture of hope. And, you know, I'm coming up for uh, my 28th wedding anniversary with Haley. Uh, we're going to be celebrating uh, this uh, Shabbat evening. 
Saturday night, we're going to go camping. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're going to go camping. Some of you are thinking, is it safe in Israel? Can you really go outside camping? Well, I hope so. Yeah, it should be all right. Yeah, so we're going to go on the beach and camp and uh, just uh, have some time out, have a nice fire going, have a bit of a barbecue and, uh, you know, just chill out with the roar of the waves and, and just enjoy. Hopefully it's not going to be storming <laughs> or it's going to be a very interesting night. But why was I saying that? Yeah, I'm saying that because what I'll do on that night, I'm going to play out a message that I share on um, the beginning of Hosea. And uh, one of the things I just want you to read, um, and it's just in this, this a couple of verses, verse 14 of chapter 2 in the book of Hosea. Therefore, I am now going to allure her. You know, you've got to read the whole context to get to where we're at, but I just want to get to one point. I will lead her into the desert and speak tender, tenderly to her. I won't lead her into the city where there's so much noise, where there's so much uh, diversion, options. No, I'm going to lead you where? Into the desert and speak tenderly to her. That's why I want to get out and just sit and listen to the, the waves roaring and have time with my wife and we can pray together and just fellowship together. Sometimes you just got to get away from the noise of life. And just get out there into uh, nature and just listen to what Yehovah is saying. I will speak tenderly to her. There I will give her back her vineyards. Yehovah is a God of restoration. So don't sit mopping around because you think that you've lost. Oh, I've lost so much of my life. I've given all these years. There's no fruits. It's all in vain. I've, I've lost. My God, he will restore the years the locusts have stolen. So if the devil's stealing off you, if he's stealing your time, if he's stealing your joy, if he's, if he's sucking the love directly out of your life, let me tell you something. My God is a God of restoration. And what's he going to do? He says, I'm going to restore. I'm going to give her back our vineyards. And I will make the valley of Achor a door of hope. So what is this Achor? What is Achor? What is it? It's the valley of trouble. I'm going to make the valley of trouble a door of hope. And this is a word that I know someone needs to get. Maybe quite a lot of us need to get it. Look, man, we, we're in the midst of warfare here. Why do you think I'm preaching this? You know, well, so I'm not preaching. I'm sharing. Look, this is devotion time. You know, we're living life together. That's what living life in the Spirit is all about. You know, we can get plenty preaching, but let's talk about life's challenges and the things that we're going through and how do we apply the, the Word to it. How do we proclaim His Word in the midst of the things that we face, in the midst of the things that we are going through, through that valley, through that place of trouble. This is what God says, I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to give you hope. Just receive that word right now because, you know, we've got a great cloud of witnesses, a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, the testimonies of those who have gone before. If Yehovah can, can break through in their lives, in their failings, in the things that they have done, will your heart be after Yehovah? Or are you going to curse God when, you, when it's your mistakes and uh, you know, maybe you're going through adversity because of your choices. You know, we can have adversity because of what's happening in the world and what's going on around us. You know, Yeshua sent the disciples in the boat into a storm. How dare you, Yeshua? Why would you do such a thing? It's your disciples. It's your, your loved ones. You know, protect them with everything. No, he pushed them out there. He didn't get in the boat with them. On you go. And he comes walking on the water in the midst of the storm. Let me tell you something. Our God is able. Don't be afraid of the storm. Don't be afraid of what is before you. Recognize, you know, how important it is that, you know, that we have to have a persevering spirit. So in Hebrews chapter 12, 
It says, to do what? What have we got to do when we see this great cloud of witnesses? When we understand the testimony. And even as I'm sharing right now, I'm sharing testimony. Why? I have been serving God for years. 30-something years. I can't remember the 38 years, something like that. Let me tell you something. I've been through trials. I've been through tough times. I've been in battles like you cannot believe in the nations of the world. I've faced death. I've had people trying to kill me. Through all those different things, I am here today to make a proclamation. I am an overcomer because I choose to persevere. Even when knives have been placed within me, and I have seen the deliverance and the victory of Yehovah. Why? I'm not going to be in fear. And let me tell you, sometimes you're in those fearful places where you have really got to know how to push your reliance and care upon the Spirit because in the flesh you're just a mess. So you might be a mess in the flesh, but that doesn't mean that you're losing faith it's who you are in the spirit can you enable the spirit to rise up in the midst of trial in the midst of adversity in the midst of hardship in the midst of confrontation oh that's a good word confrontation how do we stand well what we do is we go over the testimonies of the lives of others i love to read testimony books of what Yehovah has done in people's lives. I was just uh, uh, going through a testimony of a brother that I've known for a number of years in the U.S. And just to, to see the trials and the things that he went through, you know, making a, a very bad financial investment and, and losing all of his uh, resources and his wife leaving him and uh, just brokenness and uh, everything that he hoped and everything that he thought his life was going to... Uh, you know, this was the direction of his life. Everything crumbled. There was nothing less left. And it took years for the restoration of Yehovah to manifest in its fullness. Years. But it's all about perseverance. And that's what we're talking about today. We're not making instant coffee tonight. This is not microwave dinners. Throw in two and a half minutes, sit down and eat. No. What we're talking about is we're talking about perseverance. So we gain the blessing of the testimonies of others. It builds your faith, ever-increasing faith. What is it about faith? It's not a substance. Ever-increasing faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So it's what you believe. It's your belief system. You know, we have the gift of faith where the Father enables us to, uh, to trust him, to believe. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith. You know, it, it wasn't a currency he, he could work in. He just heard the voice of God. You know, his fathers and his uh, relatives, they didn't worship Yehovah. They were priests of foreign gods. And he gets this word from the Lord God Almighty. And there's a faith released in him. Where did it come from? Where did that trust come from? How could he take hold of that? The very same way that you can take hold of faith today. So you might not know where you're going. Even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents. That's why we're getting out in a tent. I love Sukkot. Getting out in a tent is great. But, you know, he didn't just go out for Sukkot. You've got three generations, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And what did they do? They persevered. If there's ever a story of perseverance, three generations. They did not build a house. They didn't. We're going to live in a tent, you know. Now, I'm not saying you need to go live in a tent right now. But I'm saying let's learn the principles of what it truly means to persevere. And where does the faith come from? It comes from the word of Yehovah. What is the word of God to you today? What's he saying to you? You know, you've got to discover your calling. You've got to understand your purpose here on earth because you are born for such a time as this. So what are you born for? Do you know what you're born for? I know what I'm born for. 
I'm born to build the body of Messiah. I'm born to witness, to testify, to proclaim the name of Yeshua. The Father wants to use me in business. That's fine as well. But, you know, I I know my gifting and my calling in ministry because when I was younger, I took the time out. You know, when I was uh, 19 years old, you know, I was saved from the age of 11 and I was seeking God for my calling, for my purpose. But when I was 19, something happened. And I was before the Father and I'm like, you know, Father, I'm pressing in. I want to know what is to come. I am not going to go any further past 19 until I hear from heaven of what is to come. And this is what I asked the Father, show me my life. Show me what's to come. Show me what I need to invest my energy in, invest my time in. Just open up a window and let me see so that I can have confidence to press forward into the will and purpose that you have for my life. I fasted. I prayed. You know, I would get up in the early hours of the morning, kneel next to my bed. I'm not getting in my bed. I'm not going to sit in my bed with my Bible. You know why? I'll just fall back to sleep. I'm on my knees at the side of my bed, and I'm asking, I'm calling on you, God. I want to know from heaven. Just open up the windows and show me what's to come. You know, not so I can go, oh, wow, look at me. Because if you know what is to come, you have authority. If you don't know what's to come, where's your authority? But if you have a clear insight of what the Father has told you is going to come, what happens to your walk? All of a sudden, it's transformed. You're no longer walking just with uh, uh, being responsive to circumstances, uh, reactive to everything that's happened. Now you're walking with purpose and you're proactive. And you understand the importance of perseverance. You understand what it means. On the wrong page. Hebrews chapter 12, just going over that. You know, what are we saying? It says, get rid of the sin. You know, why? When you hear the testimonies of people doing exploits from God, if it doesn't charge you to get rid of the sin and everything that easily entangles you, and, and start running the race with perseverance, the race that's marked out for us, you know, this is what activates us. This is what releases us. You know, I love, like I said, to be around testimony, to be around listening to the exploits of what the Father is doing in the lives of others. Don't be a little island where you just sit and say, well, you know, people have hurt me so much. I've been so hurt by people. I don't want to be around people. I don't want to see people. I'm just going to sit in my little bubble. Now, I know that's none of us because what are we doing? We are here right now fellowshipping. We're engaging together in the scripture for the purpose of being effective for the kingdom. So when the windows open before you and the Father reveals his vision for your life, when he, when he gives you an assignment, what are you going to do with it? You know, you might be shaking in your boots. You might be thinking, well, this seems a little strange, you know, but you don't know what the Father is going to do in your life through this. You know, if God can't trust you in the small things, how can he empower you with the big things? You know, if you can't look after your finances, if you can't keep your properties clean, if you can't, if you know, if you're working for someone and you're not faithful, you're not honoring your boss as unto the Lord, if you're not uh, working as unto Yehovah, if you're stealing from your boss, if you're robbing from those around you, if you're in- engaged in deception, if you're not faithful, if you're not following through, if you're not a person of your word, you know, all these things will break you down and why should the father answer your prayers and open up the doors to to bring you into the path of the calling over your life some people are are held back from their calling because of their maturity well you know i can take it just tell me what my calling is well maybe you can't take it maybe you just have to go step by step until you grow to a place of maturity in messiah and then all of a sudden The curtains are going to go back and you're going to see what the Father has called you to do. 
So the journey might take time for you to get there, and that's okay. Relax. It's okay, but you can speed up your destiny. How do we speed up our destiny? By pursuing the presence of God. So how much do you pursue God? Well, I'll give you 10 minutes, God. Well, if you listen to me every day on here, we're, it's an hour a day we're pressing in, in pursuit. But listen, you know, th- this is just the starter. Everything I'm going through right now, this is just the starter. All right, I want you to take what's happening here and meditate on it and, and go to the next level. You know, th- this is time that we are spending not just to, you know, have a nice little word. No, we are focused on raising up leaders. We're focused on equipping people to be effective in their God-given call. So what does it say? You've got that cloud of witnesses. And when you have the testimony of others and you see the goodness of God in others, come on, throw off everything that's hindering you. <laughs> hey, I've got a friend down in uh, Sarasota, um, um, Florida, and he came to the revelation of the Shabbat and he was a pastor of a mega church. And what did he do? You know, he, he walked in and immediately turned all the services over to Sabbath. Throw off everything that entangles you. Let's run the race with perseverance. The race marked out for us. He's like, I'm going for it. This is truth. I'm not in this position as a, as a pastor, as a leader, to bring lies to the congregation and to the people. I've got to bring them truth. So if this is truth, let's throw off all this sinful stuff and let's get to the truth. Verse 2, let us fix our eyes on Yeshua, (laughs) the offer and perfecter of our faith. He's the offer and perfecter. He wrote the book. He wrote everything that will bring great faith into your life. Smith Wigglesworth, who was he? He's a plumber. He was a plumber. He was an arrogant plumber, full of anger, hatred, uneducated, had a temper like you couldn't believe. His wife prayed for him and said, God, save this guy. You know, he was a heathen sinner, a mess. But I tell you, when God got a hold of him, something happened to him. He just got in the closet, and what happened? Yeshua, the offer and the perfecter of his faith, he pressed in, and he said, this is the most important thing in my life. I'm going to get the Word in me. I'm going to meditate on the Word day and night. I'm going to keep it ever before me. And you might be sitting thinking, well, well, that's great for you, Smith Wigglesworth, but you don't know what my day looks like. You don't know what my schedule looks like. You know, I I can't do that. You know, you might be in the military. I had one person in the military said to me uh, last year, he said, I said, you know what's so devastating? He said, I don't get alone time in the army. I don't get alone time. I'm always with people. And, you know, how do we get out of ourselves in the spirit? How do we get to that place where we can meditate? And, you know, what are you afraid of? Taking out the scriptures and reading about Yeshua in front of other, uh, in front of Jewish uh, soldiers around you, it's okay. Don't you worry about what they think about you. It's not about what other people think about you. It's what Yahovah thinks about you. The testimonies I have had in the places where I've been reading my scriptures. I might be sitting on an airplane and I'm just reading the scriptures and just just meditating on the word and just pondering on the verse that I'm reading, and then the person next to me starts talking to me and starts saying, hey, you know, are you reading the Bible? And they start asking questions. Maybe this person has some answers from the Scriptures. Maybe I can ask them a question. All of a sudden, you start to recognize they're hungering and thirsting for the knowledge of God. And what are we called to do? Fix our eyes on Yeshua, the offer and the perfecter, of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Could you imagine just moments before he was crucified? Could you imagine looking at the cross and seeing the joy set before him because of what he is going to take on? The joy set before him, enduring the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of Elohim. 
Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. When Yeshua was approaching crucifixion, when he was approaching the scorn, when he was approaching the shame, what did he see? He saw the joy that was set before him. He endured because he knew what is to come. Do you know what's to come? Because, listen, if you want to be a leader, if you want to get to the place where you can be effective, look, anyone can be a follower. You know, look, and and listen, an important part of leadership is being a follower. If you're not a good follower, if you're not a good employee, then why should the Father give you your own business? Why should the Father give you a ministry if you don't know how to follow, if you don't know how to serve, because leadership is servanthood. And one of the key things we see in the life of Yeshua, he was willing to lay his life down. You know, why? Because he's a leader. He knows what is to come. And one of the key factors of leadership and the reason why leaders step out and stand out is because they don't care what other people think. They're leaders. Why do they care? You know, you, you want to find out if someone's a leader, if they're hiding behind the opinions of man. Oh, this might be what I believe in my heart, in my home, but I'm not going to share this with other believers because they might come against me. They might not like the fact that I keep the Sabbath. They might not like the fact that it's not the Feast of the Jews, it's the Feast of Yehovah. They might not like the fact that modern-day Zionism is an angel of light. Oh, you know, they might want to come against you for the statements you make, the way you live your life. But one of the key factors of leadership is that when you understand the calling on how you're called to lead, that's the place where you die. And that's why in Romans chapter 12, we'll go there. It's memorized. Oh, it's memorized. I'm telling you. But we're going to go there. Because I want you to turn there. Romans chapter 12. You know, get this word in us. Therefore, I urge you. You know, what's the therefore? Therefore. What's the therefore? What are we dealing with in the previous chapters? What are we going through? We're going through you know, what's Israel's position? You know, are they rejected? Uh, Do they have a calling? Is God going to bring restorations? You watch out, you people of the nations, if you think you're going to curse those not yet saved Jews, you watch out. You know, just because I come against Zionism doesn't mean I don't love and care for the Jewish people. I will die for the Jewish people for the, to bring them to the truth of the gospel of Yeshua. But, you know, what's the therefore, therefore? It's putting the order of the restoration of all things. You know, the deliverance will come out from Zion. It's talking about who the Messiah is. It's talking about the covenant in verse 26, 27 from Jeremiah 31 that we see in Romans chapter 11, verse 26 and 27. But what it says in 12, Therefore I urge you, Brothers, in view of Elohim's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to Elohim, it's your spiritual act of worship. Let me tell you something. It's the very foundation of what it takes to become a true leader. Oh, listen, anyone can be a self-proclaimed leader. You know, you can do it. But, you know, if you were a bad follower, you're going to be a bad leader How do we become the leader that the Father wants us to be? It only comes by us laying our lives down. We offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Oh, Father, I'm so excited. I'm excited. Why? Because I don't just have the testimonies of what I read in the Scripture. I've got years. I've got decades of testimonies of, look what Yehovah has done. Look how you have taken care of me. Look how you have delivered me. Look how you have carried me. Why? Because I have been about the purposes and will of a mighty God. So where do you stand today? What stage are you at? Is the devil trying to change your belief system? Is he trying to attack 
the faith that comes from the knowledge and the wisdom of God, that shield of faith, you put it up against the fiery darts of the enemy. You're no good. God doesn't love you. You're shelved. Maybe some of you have heard this. You've made such wrong decisions, you're never going to get out of this, and your life isn't going to amount to anything. You know, listen, you know, the devil, you know, you can you can, you can can get hold of the devil's song sheet any day. Oh, wow, that's what, does he say that to you? That's what he says to me. Yeah, it's the same song sheet that he says to every one of us, but we need to take the thoughts captive. We have got to get to the place where we understand what? The importance of discipline. We must persevere. Persevere. There's a race that is marked out for us. Hallelujah. Guess what? You don't have to mark the race out. It's already marked out for you. So if you are in the stream, in the life of the Spirit, you're going to see the fullness of the Spirit. So what are you going to do with traditions? What are you going to do with religion? You know, if we don't start shaking that stuff off and getting rid of it, you know, do we really need our prayer shawls? Um, is this biblical? You know, when you pray, you've got to put your prayer shawl over, you know, get your wife under your prayer shawl. And if you do that, it's going to be more supernatural. It's going to be more blessed. You know, is, is this what it says? Is that what it means when it talks about the seats on the four corner garment for us to remember the commandments? Verse four of Romans of, of Hebrews chapter 12. Can't speak anymore. In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have forgotten that the word, you've forgotten the word of encouragement that addressed you as sons. Okay, so, you know, what's the struggle? The struggle is sin. You know, I love this. You know, yesterday we mentioned the, the temptation of how the serpent attacked Eve in the garden. And, you know, one thing I love about looking at that tree, this tree that you should not eat of is what? It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. <laughs> so, so let's just step back and think about this a second. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So you can eat of any other tree, but God does not want you to have any awareness of the knowledge of good and evil. He just he doesn't want you to uh, to be able to see the evil of what's going on from the fallen angels. He doesn't want you to witness that. Why? He put you in a garden for a purpose so that it would be cultivated and that you would do what? See the cultivation of the garden and take that cultivation to the entire earth. So the whole earth will be blessed, will be cultivated. God takes the wilderness and he turns it into an oasis of beauty. You are called to bring solutions to this generation. You are called. You are needed. The Father has need of you. So if the devil's telling you you're no good, if he's telling you you're lost in your sin, if he's telling you the decisions you've made has disqualified you, I've got news for you. This is the day of of your um, inauguration where you accept the call of who God has called you. You know, when we ordain people into the ministry, the only thing we're doing is recognizing what the Father has already done in the heavenly realm. Ordination is just, you know, we recognize that you're already living in this. You're walking in this, this gift, this office as pastor, as evangelist, as prophet, as apostle, whatever. We recognize. Why? Because you are already functioning in it. We see the gift because ordination doesn't come from man. It comes from Yehovah. So whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the report of Yehovah or are you going to be led by man? And this is why we've got to get rid of all this counseling junk. Now, I hope I'm not going to step on anyone's toes here. But, you know, if I've already been standing on one of your toes, I just encourage you, get your other foot out so I can stand on that one too. Because sometimes we need to get the truth just to come home in the right way so that we can have victory. What are we doing at counseling? When we have the counselor, the Holy Spirit, 
Oh, brother. Look, if you will apply and persevere and discipline your life in line with the scriptures, you won't need to go for counseling to get your life in order. Because when you recognize something isn't right or when something that isn't right is brought up to you, you can easily come to the scriptures and see the alignment. You don't have to go back and fix your generational uh, cursing all the way back to, you know, Noah, you know, as you're paying your $100 a time, you know, oh, yes, yeah, we can help you. I know you're full of anxiety. I know you're full of fear. Oh, full of trauma. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe you've gone through all this stuff, gone through all this. Let me tell you something. My God is a God who can set the captives free. And what we need is a people who walk in the Spirit and proclaim freedom to the captives. Not not, not, not sitting them down on the, on the nice chair so that you can stroke them. And, 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 and so how does that make you feel? And how do you feel about, you know, what are these counselors doing as they try and get you to talk all this talk anyway? They're trying to get you to speak everything out so you hear it, so you can start rebuilding with the truth. This is the job of the Holy Spirit. This is what he's here to do. My son, verse 5 here of Hebrews 12, if you're just tuning in. My son, do not make light of Yehovah's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because Yehovah disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as son. Sons, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a way that we have to walk. There's a way that we have to go through. And look, when we, can, when we go through the discipline of the Lord and we go through just the, the purging of the old man to the life of the Spirit, that purging, that battle, maybe you're not just dealing with bad habits, you're dealing with spiritual attack, assignments against your life then these attacks, we break off you right now in Yeshua's name. We come against those spirits that's attacking you in Yeshua's name. We break off the spirit of depression. Go in Yeshua's name. You have no place in our lives. We break off the spirit of suicide. Go in Yeshua's name. Why? Because you are of great value. You are precious in his sight. Why are you precious? Because there's only one of you. You are so unique. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's only one of you. There's not another one of you. It's just you. If something is rare, it has value. And you are so rare. You are so valued. We need to know the value of God. But you also need to know your value, how God sees you. You are valuable. You are precious. Do you know who you are in the Spirit? Are we just going to take, uh, you know, instruction and our beliefs from man and who they say who you are? Listen, men are cruel. Mankind is cruel. One minute they can be for you. Oh, praise God, brother. Oh, yeah, we're going to walk together forever, you know. 50 years in ministry, it's going to be awesome. Then something comes along, the fiery darts of the enemy. All of a sudden, these belief systems change. All of a sudden, there's a whole big uh, uh, painting being uh, delivered of this is who this person is, when it's not who they are at all. It's deception, decisive schemes of the enemy. If you've truly got the shield of faith, those fiery darts are going to hit and they're going to fall off. They're not going to affect you. They're not going to change your mindset. So Adam and Eve in the garden, the garden was an example. You know, the father didn't make the garden a mess and say, Oh, oh Adam, I'm so sorry, man. I, I just created you and I put you in this terrible jungle that's just a dog's breakfast. I'm so sorry. I hope you can work it out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Adam, he was created and he was placed in a place of order. You and I are called to bring the order of God to this generation 
Oh, I tell you, if that don't make you excited, I am so excited. Why? Because I see testimonies, so many testimonies from the nations of the world of how many people have been transformed, how many marriages have been restored, (coughs) how many people have come into ministry who in full-time service, or how many people have come into business walking in the Spirit because of my obedience before Yehovah. And what did Paul say? Yeah, I'm going to blow my trumpet right now, and that's okay. Why? Because this is the truth. This is the truth of who I am and what my life is made up of. Verse 7 of Hebrews chapter 12. Endure hardship as discipline. Elohim is treating you as sons, for what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. You know, look, we live in a generation where we don't have uh, some homes don't even have fathers maybe you've been brought up and you don't even know what it is to have a father figure in your life then father Yehovah, father god he is your father you are not illegitimate why because you are born again of the spirit you are grafted into the household of israel praise the name of yeshua how much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live Our Father disciplined us for a little while as they fought best, but Elohim disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Don't despise the Lord's discipline. Don't despise it. You know, look, life is not easy. But, you know, if you're just going to sit back and moan and complain, you are not going to overcome. And what's the Father saying to you today? Perseverance. Run. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fix your eyes on Yeshua. Oh, this is a rescue message. I know. I know. You know, Maybe you've not even listened to any of my of the messages from the previous days. Then go back over the last week or the last nine messages and be blessed and encouraged because we are on this journey for what? Getting back to the fruit. I want to be producing fruit and I want to see those around us producing fruit, abundance of fruit for the kingdom of Yehovah. I want to see the supernatural. It's not about your provision it's about his provision in us so if you're losing your provision in the natural realm that doesn't give you the right to think you're no good disgusting or whatever no you look by the spirit and you see who god has called you to be and you recognize that this word is in you and this word is the wealth this word is the life (laughs) and you're going to come through You're going to come out the other side because we have a God of miracles. We have a God who will bring you through. Why? Because we have an overcomer. I think I saw uh, Russell, he he said in 1 John, um, he said uh, in Revelation 1, sorry, John uh, felt like a dead man when he saw Yeshua. I want to fall down before Yeshua daily. Uh, so he can take full control of everything. Thanks for sharing that, Russell. Yeah, that's great. And in 1 John chapter 5, it says, Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Yeshua is the Son of Elohim. Who is it that overcomes the world? You are created to be an overcomer. 1 John chapter 5, verse 5. Hallelujah. Who is it that overcomes the world? So so what are we here for? You are here to bring the kingdom. You are here to make a difference. And how many times do we see in Scripture that the Father calls people that feel so insignificant? Well, yes, I love you, Yeshua. I serve you, God. But, you know, what can you do with my life? Who am I? (laughs) Ha, ha. 
These are the questions that will open up the door to a life of transformation. Jackie Pullinger in the UK, just getting on with life, just a housewife, you know, just building up her family. Then all of a sudden she catches the heart of the father that she just needs to go. She gets on a plane and goes to uh, some of the poorest of poorest on the on, on the planet and goes and ministers the love of Yeshua to them without protection, without her husband. I've just got to get up and go. Something says get up and go. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I am an overcomer. I am called to overcome this world. I am called to pull down the strongholds of the enemy because I am one who believes in Yeshua and he is the son of Elohim. You have the victor living in you. And we need to release him. Oh, look at that. We need to release him to the generation. It's 2.30 in the morning. Hallelujah. We've done it in an hour. Praise the name of Yeshua. I hope you've been blessed and encouraged with the word tonight. Uh, man, I didn't even get to notes tonight. I just, uh, a couple of references. That was it. I am praying for you. I am standing here in the gap every day praying for those who are connecting with our ministry and for those who write. If you if you need prayer and you're going through stuff, come on. My email is kenny at bulldozeoffaith.com. Tell me, share with me, share with me what's going on. Are you getting anything out of these, uh, these devotions? Is the Father speaking to you? How can you take this word and sow it into the life of another? Not, not saying that you have to take what I'm saying. You know, you take hold of this word and you share it. We need the uniqueness of who you are. Where's your testimony? Come on, don't forget your testimony. Let your testimonies rise up and take the word to the generation, this generation. But I do encourage you, share this as well. Let people know. Let's be people who are overcomers. I believe that as we've been speaking tonight, the Father is setting captives free. Some of you are are just in a place where you think, I can't take it anymore and I don't know how to go any further. I have all the word within me. I meditate on the word, but I just feel like I'm failing. I just feel like I'm I'm stuck. I feel like I'm in quicksand. I feel like the enemy has imprisoned me. Then I release you from that prison right now. Deferred hope be broken off your life right now. And I speak restoration to the hope of Yehovah upon your life. This is a great day. This is a great day. I want you to look forward because of the gifts and the callings that's upon your life. Look forward to the glory of Yehovah of what is to come. You know, from the place of hardship and the place of difficulty. How are you going to do it? Ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, what's the steps? How do I get out of this rut? How do I get out of this place? How do I release the life of the spirit that's within? Show me your ways. Show me your ways so I can walk in them. Let's run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. It's already marked out for you. So please share your testimony uh, with others. Uh, post a message, share testimony with others. Let's encourage the body of Messiah to rise up and be effective for the kingdom. You know, I, I proclaim and, and speak boldness over your life that you will not be afraid, that you will proclaim the gospel of the kingdom to everyone that comes around you. Hallelujah. You know, my friend Dennis Tenorino, he's passed away now a number of years I used to love going out with him in the nations. You know, it didn't matter if we were in a taxi, an elevator. People were coming to Messiah in elevators. And, you know, going from whatever floor down to the ping, we're, we're at the ground floor. People are getting saved. How, how does that happen? I don't have that anointing like he had uh, in evangelism. You're in the taxi. You know, we haven't even... Uh, moved out into the traffic and he's already witnessing he's already speaking to the driver and the driver's you know within 120 seconds he's already weeping having to pull the car over receive messiah repent of his sins <laughs> oh the gifting of yahovah being released the gifting of god being released don't limit god with the calling that's on your life 
but allow the life of God to be in control. You know, what's the air you're breathing? Oh, I breathe oxygen. (laughs) You need to breathe the breath of Elohim. We need his breath in us. Hallelujah. Oh, look, I'm fired up. I could preach for a preach. It's not a preach. Is it a teach? I don't know what it is. Edify, encourage, build up the body. I could do this all night. I could do this all day. This is what I live for. This is what I'm made for. I love the body of Messiah. The, the importance of us being together and growing together, investing together for the kingdom. Hallelujah. So does God trust you with the call over your life? I shared about being 19, asking God, show me what is to come. Well, one night he did. Man, he he drew back the curtains. He took me in the spirit and I saw me in the nations of the world. I saw hundreds of thousands, millions of people being supernaturally transformed. I was in front of crowds that were just seas of people. I was on television. I was on radio, all those different things. There's so much going on in Africa. Oh, man, Africa, watch out. Every time I go to Africa, something happens. You know, something happens. We see the glory of Yehovah, but it's also in other nations too. I came back from that experience and I was laughing. I'm like, glory to God. I have authority. I see what's before me for my life. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. And then I said this to the Father, if you just do 10% of what I witnessed, hallelujah, glory to God, and this is what happened. I got rebuked, and the Holy Spirit said to me, 10%, he said, what you just saw was just a preview. So I'm not going to shrink back. I'm not interested in the numbers. I'm not interested in the crowd. I'm just interested in the manifestation of the glory of a mighty God. Because he's the one that brings change. He's the one that opens the doors. He's the one that makes the way. Be blessed. Be encouraged. I love and appreciate every one of you. If you want to give to the ministry, go to bulldozeoffaith.com forward slash give. You can see the link in the header if you're on YouTube or Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe. Um, join us on the Bulldozer Faith Facebook page rather than uh, the Kenny Russell Facebook page because then you will get the alerts that come through. Uh, Everybody's leaving Facebook in a minute anyway, so I suppose we'll have other platforms we're going to use as well. But um, be encouraged. Give. Let's sow into the kingdom. If you're blessed, sow into the kingdom. Let's make a difference in the lives of others. Thanks for watching. Until tomorrow, Yehovah bless.